friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Tuesday, May the 3rd, and wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life, my friends. I wish you God's joy. You know, we continue through this Easter season. I know it doesn't feel like that. Easter, you know, was, gosh, what would that be, 16 days ago now? That seems like an eternity. But brothers and sisters, if indeed our Easter season is 50 days, and it is, we are only about a third of the way through. Not that we need to, um, you know, uh, just kind of paint a, a smile on our face and, and, and you know, say rejoice, uh, he is risen, and, and go about that. But, but living the effects of that Easter, living the effects of the new life that we live in a creation that has been redeemed, has been made new. Oh, brothers and sisters, let that just seep within. That is something you and I can chew on for the next, you know, what would that be? 34 days. Um, and, and so we make that a habit of realizing death does not have that final say, my friends. It does not. Because light, life and light and love are stronger than death and darkness. That's the celebration of this Easter season. And we see it all around us. Uh, and, and may that bring you hope today. Okay? There, how about that for a two-minute preamble? Okay, also, so we are going to celebrate another feast day today. Yesterday was Athanasius, and it was my brother's birthday. And I said at the end that I would say, you know, St. Athanasius and Thomas pray for us, and I totally forgot. So today is the feast of St. Philip and St. James. So, gosh darn it, at the end of today, we're going to have four saints praying for us because I just need Athanasius and Thomas to be praying for us too. So... Because of that, we are stepping outside the boundaries of our regular walk through the gospel. You know, I promised you John chapter 6 all this week. Well, we're not going to get it all this week. We're going to get it the rest of the week. We had it yesterday. We're taking a step away. And why is that? Today's a high feast day. Whenever we celebrate the feast day of one of the apostles, and today we have two, uh, it's an occasion for us to step away. And today's gospel will reflect that, and you'll see why, because it is a story of one of those named, okay? So if you want to follow along, I'm going to do the New American Translation, John chapter 14, verses 6 to 14, okay? Let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father 
and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen, I say to you. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones than these because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's, gosh, I mean, that's, it is a, a wonderful gospel and a hard one, right? Let's, let's talk about this part here at the end. Let's start at the end and, and work our way to the beginning because I think the beginning is the part I really want us to chew on. The end is mystery for me. It is mystery. So when I speak of it, please know um, I'm, I'm walking through minefields. I'm walking fairly blind. And if indeed that is helpful for you, uh, well, you know, again, you know what they say about the blind leading the blind. It, it, we may make it through, but we may step in a pit or, uh, or worse. So here's my thoughts. Remember, you know it, you know this. Anytime Jesus says, amen, amen, I say to you, that is pointing at, hey, whatever I say next, really important. So he says, amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. Okay. Okay. I mean, we're going to at least follow. We know that. We're going to follow him. We'll do the works. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And then he says, and we'll do greater ones than these because I'm going to the Father. So that's part one of mystery. Part two of mystery is, and whatever you ask in my name, I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it. Boy, this is mystery, brothers and sisters. Mystery. Let's tackle the first part first. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones than these because I am going to the Father. Here's my thought as to what Jesus is saying. And I do not know if this is true. I was just talking about this with somebody yesterday. The idea that Jesus had to ascend, right? And we're going to celebrate that coming up in in a few more weeks. The ascension, 40 days after Easter. Um, Jesus had to ascend because if he didn't, Jesus, you know, would still be in our midst because, you know, he couldn't die again. He'd still be walking around. But he would be personified in the person, meaning God would be personified in the person of Jesus walking around, and he, God, would be, and I mean to be, um, you know, patriarchal with that, um, that God would be personified and located in the person of Jesus wherever Jesus was, whether it's Jerusalem today, whether it's, you know, Banff, Alberta, Canada tomorrow. Um, but that's where, where God would be housed. And that when Jesus ascends to the Father, God can then send the Holy Spirit to be everywhere all at once. So that's the only thing that, that makes sense to me that when God says, or Jesus says, but God says through Jesus, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones than these. Not that I've ever raised somebody from the dead, not that I've ever fed 5,000, but collectively, brothers and sisters, we the body, 
we do raise the debt. We do feed well over 5,000, right? Uh, those who are hungry. Because that is that same spirit that works in and through all of us simultaneously throughout the globe, 7 billion strong. Uh, and and that, that Holy Spirit is not just in those who, you know, profess uh, the, 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 the Nicene Creed or whatever, but, but that Spirit resides in all of us. We're all made in the image and likeness of God. We all have a mission from God. Whether we realize it or not, whether we come to accept that or embrace that or not on various levels, of course, but, but, but God invites us all into that mission. And therefore, we all follow at some level or another, but collectively, collectively, we are that body. And the second part, now again, that's, again, that's, that's my moving through that mystery. And the next one is whatever you ask in my name, I'll do. So, and, and this is the key word that I, that phrase anyway, that I would say, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it. And I've used this example before. You know, if I say, Lord Jesus, in your name, Jesus, I ask for a Ford Mustang. You know, hey, listen, I would love a Ford Mustang. It shows up tomorrow. That's awesome. And I asked for it in, in Jesus' name. And again, we're not talking about a magic trick here. I, again, this is, my, this is my thought. You throw it out if it's not good. But... The key line, whatever you ask in my name, it will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That, that when we are in the Spirit, when that Spirit that, that is in all things, when we are living out of that flow, remember, out of that place of unity with God, we are going to want the same things that God wants. And as good as a Ford Mustang may be, that's not what God's interested in. Because that is not going to glorify God, the Father, through the Son. Or, or whatever it is that we ask is not going to bring glory to God. It's, it's centered around me and my wants and my desires. And so what we have to do, my friends, individually and collectively, is be in that flow and be in that will. And then whatever we ask for out of that will, I think because we're already in the Spirit of God, I think somehow the Spirit of God works in and through that space. Um, again, mystery to me, and I do not want to say that I understand it, but I think the more that we are in that flow, the more we have the mind and heart of God within and around and among us, and the more we act out of that place, God is already present, and God's presence already is making something new. Let's go toward the front. Again, that was a whole lot of stuff, and, and, and I hope that's helpful. If not, bless you, bless you, bless you. Um, okay, so we are celebrating that feast day, Feast of Philip and James. We'll talk a little bit about them, but here we have a story of Philip. We have like three in all of Scripture, and Philip doesn't really come, uh, uh, you know, well, that's not true. We have more in all of Scripture. In Acts of the Apostles, Philip's comes across pretty darn well. In the Gospels, not so great. Not so great. Okay, he's called, you know, and he comes. That is really outstanding. But then we heard from Philip last Friday, you remember? The uh, feeding of the 5,000? Who was it that Jesus went to and said, hey, you, how are we going to get food for these people? And he went to Philip. 
And and Jesus and it said Jesus already knew what he was going to do, but he was testing him. Well, if that's the case, Philip flunks because Philip says, "Man, you need 200 days wages to feed this group." He didn't even do what Andrew did, which is say, "Here's five loaves and two fish." But what's that going to do? Philip's just like, "Hey, man, I don't see a way out. This this looks like a a door is closed." And and then here. It, as bad as gaff as that might be, this one's even worse. This one's even worse today. Why on earth would we pick this one? Man, if you celebrate me at some point in my life, don't celebrate my most boneheaded statement. That's what Philip's doing here. Master, I, okay, so Jesus is like, hey, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip thinks he's being the smartest guy in the room. He hands up and says, Master, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And you can just see Jesus, you know, head slapping his, his palm to his forehead, like, Philip, have you been with me for so long and you still don't get it? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Brothers and sisters, that's so good, isn't it? That's so good. Why? Because... What did, what did we see from Jesus? We see him weeping outside of the grave of his friend. Yeah, I, I, can, I can be a part of a God that weeps like that because I understand that. I understand sorrow. And if my God understands sorrow, okay, I can get around that. Um, we see a God who, after he weeps, brings forth life out of that and says, unbind him and set him free. Because you know what? I feel bound a lot, and I suspect you do too. Bound by whatever it is, other people's expectations, my own expectations, bound by responsibility, bound by, you know, family ties, bound by, uh, you know, whatever it is. And, and Jesus says, unbind them. Unbind them. Set them free. This is Jesus who... Uh, saw the people and saw that they were hungry. Not just for food, yes, food, but sees what you and I really hunger for, companionship, to be noticed, um, hope, a vision, um, a chance. Um, yeah, food on the table or, or money in the savings account, but, but a job. Respect, self-respect. Another day. This is a God who sees it. He sees what we need. And while we say, see no way out of it, he sees possibility. We see a person who goes to those who are ostracized. Those who are on the fringes. Those who are, are deemed worthless. Those who are sinners and who have done it wrong and who've said it wrong, who've acted wrong, all those things. And what does he say to him? Hey, I need to have supper with you tonight. I'm staying at your place. Or, or where, where, where have, have they gone? Those who were going to condemn you, those who were throwing rocks, they're not here. Neither do I condemn you. Brothers and sisters, do you hear what I'm saying? If Jesus is right, and of course he is, 
If Philip's boneheaded question actually turns out to be the best news you're going to hear all day, Master, show us the Father, and that will be enough. And he says, listen, have you been with me all these years, Philip, and you don't get it? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. All this stuff I'm doing, that's who God is. That's who God is. This is the best. This is the best. Last thing, let's just talk about Philip and and James, and then we'll pray. What do we know about James? Nothing. Really, nothing. We know that he's the son of Alphaeus. Now, this is not James, the brother of John. Those are the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, as they're called. This is not James who wrote the epistle. You know, the letter to James, the son of Clopas, the brother, quote-unquote, of the Lord, the cousin, ultimately, we would say, as Catholics. This is a third James. You know, they come in threes. James, the son of Alphaeus. We call him James the Lesser. What do we know about him? We know that he was called. And we know that he said yes. And really, do we need to know any more? Jesus felt good enough to say, I want you as part of my foundation. We know nothing about him other than he said yes. He was called and he said yes. Really, brothers and sisters, let's chew on that. 100 years from now, 200 years from now, nobody's going to know my name. Nobody's going to know your name, probably. That's okay. You know what I hope they do know? that God called you and that you said yes and me too. And if people say that about us, my goodness, maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough. What do we know about Philip? Again, those boneheaded things that he did. But we also know this, that he learned. Why? Because read Acts of the Apostles, particularly chapter 8. Now, last thing I'll say and then we'll pray. But Philip, chapter 8, is uh, he's out preaching. Okay, he's doing the, he's doing the, the good thing, and uh, God says, "Hey, you see that uh, that carriage up there? Go go run and catch up to it." So Philip runs up. It's a chariot, I think, not a carriage, and uh, there's an, an Ethiopian eunuch in it, and he's reading the scroll of Isaiah. And Philip says to him, "Do you understand what you're reading?" And the eunuch says, "No. How can I without somebody to teach?" So Philip hops up into the chariot and teaches him what those words mean that they were pointing to Jesus. And ultimately, on their travels, they go by water. And eunuch, the eunuch says, the Ethiopian eunuch says, "Hey, there's water. What's to prevent me from being baptized?" And so Philip goes down and baptizes him. And uh, and immediately when he comes up, boom! Philip's gone, taken away. But the eunuch goes away rejoicing. So that's. Acts chapter 8, you know, verse start around verse 26 or so. Um, why is that important? Here's why it is. Because Philip thought outside the box. Do you know, Peter, it wasn't until chapter 10, I think, that Peter had his vision at the home of Cornelius, that vision that comes down three times that has unclean food on it. And, and Peter says, no, I don't put that in front of me. That's unclean. And God says, whatever I call clean, do not call unclean. And Peter finally gets it and says, okay, then the whole house of Cornelius has to be baptized because he thought they were unclean because they were Gentiles. That's chapter 10. This is long before Paul, who goes on his missions and will start baptizing the Gentiles. To my knowledge, Philip is one of the first that is going to baptize Gentiles. And he does it here in chapter 8. He sees God as bigger 
than just a tribal God. He sees God as someone who encompasses all of creation, and we are all called to be, to be immersed into that God. Brothers and sisters, our God is bigger than whatever tribal God you and I think of. God is always bigger. And may we have the vision of Philip to be able to bring that to the people and the courage of Philip to act upon that. Let's pray. And so we begin, my friends, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second uh, luminous mystery, the wedding feast at Cana. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Saints Athanasius, and Thomas, and Philip, and James, pray for us. My friends, bless you on this Tuesday. Be well.